Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast. This is episode 210. And if you're watching, you can see that I am all alone up here. Kendall is not here today. She had full intentions on being on this episode, but you know, pregnancy men in the third trimester, she's only weeks away from giving birth. It's getting a lot harder to record and her blood pressure has been a little bit elevated. I mean, nothing to be really concerned about yet, but we just wanted to, you know, give her some time to rest and start preparing for birth because that's going to be a very big deal. And honestly, I'm still trying to get myself prepared for birth because I feel like it's going to hit me like a freight train <laughs> the day that my daughter comes. So she is not joining me today. And Janelle is actually out today as well. She's uh, working on some other uh, projects right now. So I have Corelli stepping in, uh, who actually works behind the scenes for Mile Higher. She's uh, one of our editors. She also is producer and on the sesh, if you watch that podcast. Um, so thank you, Corelli, for stepping in today. Of course. So I'm not truly alone here. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I think I've done an episode without Kendall, actually. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Things are happening here at Mile Higher headquarters. I will probably be gone for at least two weeks. Kendall will probably be gone quite a bit longer than that. But the hope and goal is to only go on break from the show for two weeks or so. Um, and then I will probably come back and do a few more episodes just solo for mile higher um, so that we can just give Kendall time to heal and uh, take care of baby and come back when she's ready. But I just wanted to let you know that so that you're not surprised if you don't hear Kendall's voice for a while. Um, but with all that being said, we are going to be covering the harp conspiracy theory today and really just talking about the idea of what weather manipulation um, could potentially this harp technology be used to control our minds and this is one of those conspiracy theories that has been out there for a long time. And gosh, I think a couple of years ago, if you didn't know, I, I had my own like YouTube channel. I tried to kind of mimic Kendall with her YouTube channel and, and actually made a video about the harp um, program and conspiracy theory. And this was uh, a few years ago. And since then there's been some updates with that. And a lot of people out there believe that the harp conspiracy is, has been debunked, which that'll be up for you to decide at the end of the episode. I have my own thoughts and feelings about it. Before we get into the episode, though, the last thing I wanted to mention is that Mile Higher merch has been a huge success. So thank you to everybody out there who supported the show and Mile Higher Media in general by going out and buying some merch. We really do appreciate it. Again, this is a small family owned and operated operation here. So Every single order does go directly back into the business and supporting not only Kendall and myself, but all of our other employees and just the business as a whole. So we really do appreciate it. And we're still working as fast as we can to get the rest of those orders out. But if you haven't checked out the latest collection, it's milehiremerch.com. You can buy merch for Lights Out, Mile Higher, The Sesh, as well as uh, Kendall Ray's collection. But yeah, check out milehiremerch.com if you haven't already. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tushy Stamps and Pretty Litter. But let's just go ahead and jump right into the episode. We've got quite a bit to cover. And I just want to start off by saying that it's really weird how, I mean, we're in weird times as it is and just things happening daily. But just in the last couple of days of recording this, so I'm recording this on July 6th. So July 5th, the Large Hadron Collider at CERN, if you remember that episode, we covered, we did a whole deep dive on CERN and the conspiracy sort of surrounding that organization uh, a year or two ago. 
And if you're not aware, there is this gigantic, it's called the Large Hadron Collider, but they basically, it generates an extreme amount of energy to the point where this thing could create micro black holes. I mean, the amount of energy this thing can produce is just truly out of this world. And it's only been turned on twice up until yesterday. And yesterday they turned it back on for a third round. And basically they smash protons together and molecules and whatever together and they try to create and discover new particles and they did they they discovered three subatomic particles which i'm not even trying to explain subatomic particles right now but it's really crazy what they're doing at cern and there's a lot of people that believe that cern is responsible for some of the mandela effects that we all have have noticed over the years and perhaps they're transitioning us to another timeline or something like that or a parallel universe and the fact that they turned it on yesterday, I'm just like, oh man, we'll have to wait and see, see what new Mandela effects. I was going to say, what do you, what yeah. do you, what do you think is going to come out? Maybe some like new serial Mandela effects. It'll just be, watch, watch, yeah, right? <laughs> There's going to be something, I swear. And it, it's just crazy what what we're doing at this point in in history and what technology. And so when we're talking about HARP, then the HARP technology and sort of basically HARP is this technology that's been created to be a radio frequency oscillator so it's got the ability to pump out radio signals at high high frequencies and and just reach heights that we never could before and i'll go into more depth here in a second but i also wanted to mention before we get into heart the georgia guidestones where were blown up which if you're not familiar with the georgia guidestones the georgia guidestones are these stone uh tablets almost but they're tall i would say they're like 12 feet tall and somebody blew them up because i'm assuming it's probably related to the conspiracy because they they reference the new world order um there's also some other really weird messages and writing on it so a lot of people a lot of conspiracy theorists really wonder what those are for and you know what they symbolize and apparently somebody blew them up yesterday so I just wanted to share those little news stories because I just was like blown away. I was like, wow, all this is just happening within days. We've got Georgia Guidestones. We've got the Large Hadron Collider being turned on. Crazy times. Crazy times that we're in. But if you're interested in learning more about the Georgia Guidestones, again, we have an episode uh, where we go into quite a bit of, of depth with that topic because there is a lot more to the Georgia Guidestones. And when you learn about them more, you can see more reasons why somebody would want to blow them up per se so kind of crazy but let's go ahead and jump right in to the harp program so in 1990 the high frequency active auroral research program began which this is harp h-a-a-r-p and originally it was an ionospheric research facility for the u.s military so basically a program put into place to study the upper part of the Earth's atmosphere. And that portion, like I just said, is known as the ionosphere. And the ionosphere is where solar radiation ionizes atoms and molecules, creating a layer of electrons. Radio waves from Earth are modified and reflected in the ionosphere. And this allows us to use many important forms of navigation and communication. For example, a signal from your phone is basically sent up to the ionosphere and reflected back down to a cell tower on Earth. The ionosphere is also where auroras, or the northern lights, are formed. When solar winds speed up, they disturb and ionize charged particles in the magnetosphere, and these charged particles move around and collide with other particles. In other words, they get very excited, 
And those excited parts of the atmosphere give off light, and that light creates those famously beautiful aurora borealis, which I hope to one day see. And sometimes you can actually hear the auroras. The sound is faint, but some people report that it's a noise like crackling or static, dogs barking, whooshing, or glass hitting glass. Researchers were actually able to pick up aurora radio waves and turn them into sound. And there's actually a clip here. So when you see aurora, again, very low frequency receivers can turn the sounds and um, turn those signals to sound. So this is the sound of aurora here on Earth. Who knew that the Aurora radio waves make sound like that? And it sounds like Transformers talking, if you ask me, but very, very weird. And I think one of the reasons why the ionosphere was, you know, they really wanted to figure out a way to study it. And they were worried that basically, because this is where so much of our navigation and communication happens on Earth, that what if an enemy of the United States decided to send missiles up there and create explosions in the ionosphere, how would that affect uh, navigation and communication here back on Earth? It'd be devastating. So there's obviously a common interest, not just with the United States, but all around the world to sort of study the effects of, of these radio frequencies and just energy in the ionospheres. So according to HARP, their mission has always been to understand and use the ionosphere to enhance communication and surveillance systems for civilian and defense purposes. The facility is based in Gakona, Alaska, and the small town is about 200 miles from Anchorage and about 234 miles to Fairbanks. So HARP is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Construction on the HARP facility began in 1993, and that was after a Republican senator from Alaska named Ted Stevens campaigned to have the project approved by the U.S. government. And at the time, the U.S. was shutting down a bunch of old military radar sites used to detect Soviet bombers. I mean, Alaska's super close to Russia or then the Soviet Union, so that makes sense. But one of those sites was in Gakona, and there was also a push for the U.S. military to start studying and using ELF waves. ELF waves or extremely low frequency waves could be used for submarine communications. Ted Stevens saw an opportunity to convince the government to use the Gakona site for this research, and scientists would be able to use the facilities for ionospheric heating and the military would keep the site open. That way, Ted Stevens could keep money flowing into the state of Alaska. The program was jointly funded by the U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Navy, the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and of course, DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. But the project was going to be expensive, and that way they could actually justify the cost, the high cost, of running HARP. At one point, Ted said that HARP could take energy down from Aurora Borealis and use it on Earth, which has solved the world's energy crisis. This wasn't possible, and a lot of physicists made fun of this claim. But there is also the case of a HARP consultant who took out a bunch of patents. A man by the name Bernard Eastland or Ben Eastland consulted for one of the firms building HARP, and he got a bunch of patents for some weird things that he thought the HARP technology could do. He said that they'd be able to use their technology to turn natural gas into microwaves, and that would somehow create a giant shield against Soviet bombs. But the idea was pretty quickly dismissed by defense groups as nonsense. Here's a little clip of some HARP officials explaining how the conspiracy theories with their facility started. HARP is uh, 
dealt or even started to be built. His name was Bernard Eastland. And Bernard had some ideas. And so, and that's what a lot of engineers and scientists do. If you've got an idea, boy, it sounds good. First thing you do is get a patent, right? So Bernard got those patents for mind control. Weather modification, power beaming, right? So you went and you got all these patents out there, and nobody read that or cared about that, right? Until this facility was starting to be built. The first story came out in Popular Mechanics, and I think it was in 1992. Um, and they showed um, whatever, a harp facility blowing up a Volkswagen 200 miles away. So they had all this conspiracy stuff in that early one. So there really wasn't much out there. But as we went through three different build-ups to get to where we are now, it garnered more media attention. It, it just had more attention. So it all went back to Bernard's uh, patents, right? Oh, they're doing mind control, uh, blowing up space shuttles, causing tsunamis, um, so all this stuff. And on our hotlines, we have gotten phone calls like you would not believe. Um, thankfully, the last one I got was uh, a young lady asking if I could help her to win the lottery. So I'm like, hey. So that's a that's pretty much how anybody from Harp would would respond to that question of. How did the conspiracy theory start? And it's it's interesting that it does all go back to this one one guy, Bernard Eastland, and he did in fact take out these patents to, you know, potentially use the harp technology for all these other things, weather modification, mind control, and other things. And we'll dive into a little bit more of that here in a bit. So in actuality, a lot of HARP's research involves studying how disturbances in the ionosphere caused by solar winds disrupt GPS communications, and the Department of Defense became involved with the project because they had those interests too. They wanted to see how they could improve their existing GPS systems. But obviously there was a lot of speculation flying around about what HARP would actually be used for. People thought that HARP was being constructed as some sort of secret defense project, but again, we'll get into more of that in a bit. So the group's funding harp constructed 180 72-foot-tall antennas spread across a 33-acre patch of land. The IRI, or Ionospheric Research Instrument, aka the field of antennas, wasn't completed until 2007. 33 acres, though, what does that sound like? Hmm, Freemasons? Kind of weird. But each antenna was equipped to beam up a radio signal into the ionosphere. And these antennas can transmit up to 3.6 megawatts of a high-frequency signal anywhere in the 2.8 to 10 megahertz range and those signals are transmitted 40 to 300 miles up into the ionosphere so very very high the powerful radio waves temporarily excite or disrupt sections of the ionosphere in these experiments the heat from the high frequency radio waves pushes up on the ionospheric layer and the radio waves basically punch a hole through it so harp is playing around with the ionosphere to see how it reacts well maybe it could react badly According to HARP, they claim that these disruptions that they create in the ionosphere are pretty temporary. And it's also a pretty unstable layer of the atmosphere, so it's constantly changing as it is thanks to the sun. They also say that the effects of their experiments disappear completely in as little as a few seconds to 10 minutes. They say it's like dropping a small rock in a fast-moving stream and the ripples caused by the stone disappear pretty quickly. The antennas are powered by 30 trailers with six pairs of transmitters in each. And those trailers transmit energy to the antennas and they act as sort of control centers. 
There is also a main power plant that houses locomotive-sized engines, and these engines feed power into the trailers, which supply that energy to the antennas. And then those antennas beam out a radio wave signal. In 2014, the U.S. government announced that it was going to be shutting HARP down, and DARPA was set to finish up its last project at the facilities that June. And the U.S. Air Force said that once DARPA stopped needing HARP's facilities, there wouldn't be anyone paying to use them anymore. So they were going to shut it all down. And the Air Force planned on clearing out any useful technology there by that winter. There were some people in the government and the scientific community that were really disappointed by that decision. HARP was the world's most advanced ionospheric research program, but many people at the Pentagon said that there just wasn't enough money to keep HARP open. But HARP was saved in 2015 when the University of Alaska Fairbanks took it over, and now they're the only group managing it. The project is funded by researchers from all over the globe, and there's actually three other facilities that are similar to HARP in the world, and they're located in Norway, Puerto Rico, and Russia. But HARP is the most powerful and advanced version of this type of facility. They actually rent out the facilities for research at a rate of $5,000 an hour. HARP scientists have a high interest in transparency, because obviously they don't like the conspiracy theorists, throwing all these accusations at them. And so as a result of this, they publish their research very often and all of their environmental impact plans. And according to HARP, they've always been as transparent as possible since they were first built and opened, which again, different group running HARP than there was back in the day. This was run by DARPA and a bunch of other military projects. So, you know, it's really hard to say what was going on during that time. But they say now too that there has never been any top secret or classified research at HARP and it's been all basic research, basic physics, trying to see how the ionosphere works. So with that being said, how top secret is HARP? Apparently it's not and it never was, according to them. Their website says HARP is not classified and at one point it said that there are no classified documents pertaining to HARP. In 2007, the website stated the program was not classified. There's a 1993 environmental impact study on HARP that has always been public record, but some places incorrectly report it as declassified. No security clearance is required to visit and tour the facilities, plus their address was publicly available on HARP's own website since the IRI was completed in 2007. So they say that there's no classified tests or research, but isn't classified research just that a secret? And that's what I have to say is that just because they tell you that that's never been done before, that doesn't mean that it that's necessarily true. I mean, you can take their word for it if you want, but again, there's been multiple military factions involved with this facility and they're not going to ever tell the public exactly what they were doing. I mean, that's why it's top secret in the first place. But again, there's always a possibility that they are telling the truth and this has all just been a harmless experiment. Ultimately, their goal is to obviously make people understand what they're doing and what the project's all about because as much as they want to, they know the conspiracy theories will likely never go away. HARP doesn't have enough staff to give regular tours of the facility, but starting in 1995, HARP had a yearly open houses where guests could come see those facilities themselves. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, HARP hasn't been able to hold an open house since 2019, so there's no word on when you might be able to check out the facilities yourself again. And as per the HARP website, it looks like they haven't had a research campaign since June 2021, and they had no campaigns in 2020, which obvious reason there, one in 2019, three in 2018, and two in 2017. And their Twitter and Facebook accounts haven't been updated since 2021. But the facility is definitely expensive and remote, so they only do a few campaigns a year max, and then the scientists go home and analyze that data. The property that HARP sits on is still technically owned by the Air Force, and they're in process of changing hands 
And that's why there's still military signs up around the complex. But again, it has been operated or funded by the U.S. government since 2014, as far as we know. So that's the very, very pretty basic level overview of HARP and what they do and sort of the history behind the program and the facility. But next, we're going to dive into the conspiracy theories a little bit more and we'll just see what you think of what they might actually be doing or had done at HARP in the past. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and get into some of the conspiracy theories surrounding HARP and the facilities. And these have been going on for decades now, honestly. And the program has tried their best to debunk those theories, but they're still very, very popular. I mean, we're covering it. But here's a clip of one of the HARP workers reacting to some threats that they've actually gotten from people. Being the focus of endless conspiracy theories has had a profound effect on HARP employees who routinely feel death threats. You guys are killing the planet. It's fucking 80 degrees here in Colorado in February. This is bullshit. You guys need to shut that place down, man. There are people who think all kinds of crazy things about what HARP can do, and they sometimes call me. I'm going to try to call me down. I'm going to murder, right? When you hear something like that, um, what's the sort of plan of action there? I mean, you take that stuff seriously, don't you? Yeah, sure, we do. I mean, we've blocked phone numbers, but they they find other ways to call. Yeah, it's kind of upsetting to get that kind of thing at five o'clock in the morning. The threats went uh, from being relatively harmless of, you know, stop making it so hot here in Colorado in February, which, I mean, it's I think it's been 80 degrees in February for quite a while here in Colorado sometimes, but it went from that to death threats. And obviously, you know, nobody should ever be threatening anybody's lives, especially over something like this. But let's talk about the weather modification theory for a second here, because this is one of the most popular theories. And clearly people believe that the heart facility has the capability to manipulate the weather, to uh, apparently make it warmer in certain states. But let's see if there's any validity to any of that. So weather manipulation can take on many different types of forms, actually. One form could be changing or creating specific weather events from simple rain to natural disasters like hurricanes. So if the government wanted to, they could create an earthquake or tsunami anywhere in the world using this HARP technology, supposedly. The U.S. actually has participated in weather manipulation before. In fact, methods like cloud seeding are actually a pretty common form of weather manipulation that's used all over the world. During the Vietnam War, the U.S. used cloud seeding as a military tactic, Planes seeded clouds to make the monsoon season longer over strategic locations on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and this was part of a highly classified Operation Popeye. The U.S. Air Force wanted to disrupt the flow of military supplies to the North Vietnamese Army, and instead of just bombing the trail, they used cloud-seeded rains to soften roads and cause landslides. That way, those troops wouldn't be able to use those roads to transport supplies. Operation Popeye was allegedly sponsored by Henry Kissinger and the CIA, and this chemical weather modification was conducted over Cambodia, Vietnam, and Laos. So how does cloud seeding work exactly? Basically, planes drop or seed substances like ice nuclei over clouds to increase precipitation, rain, or snow. And it's confirmed that the U.S. has tried it multiple times for defense reasons. Here's a little clip of what cloud seeding looks like. 
In 2017, the UAE performed 242 cloud seeding operations. The government is confident the operations are increasing the amount of rainfall, but it's difficult to gauge. Until now, there is no way that you can measure the success rate for each individual clouds. There are no two clouds uh, are the same. And uh, you don't know, for example, before actually you see the cloud, is it going to rain by itself or not and by how much? So cloud seeding is used pretty much all over the world and the U.S. still uses cloud seeding to increase rain in places where there's drought. And they can also reduce the size of hail and reduce fog around airports. Here in Colorado, actually, they use cloud seeding to increase the amount of snow up in the mountains. That way ski areas have more snow to work with and there's more water when the snow melts in the spring. So based on these things, it's very clear that the U.S. is no stranger to weather manipulation. And so is it totally out of the realm of possibility for people to think that perhaps HARP might have been or is a program that controls the weather for military purposes or is being used to experiment in weather modification purposes for the military? But we'll get back to HARP and the military here in a second. So as the conspiracy theory goes, HARP can cause major weather events like earthquakes, tsunamis, and tornadoes in pinpointed locations anywhere in the world. Why would the government want to do this? Maybe they're trying to distract people from political scandals or something else going on, or perhaps you know they're using it to try to take down another country's economy, or is it to try to depopulate the world? I mean, who really knows? For example, some people think that a two-mile-wide tornado was created in Oklahoma in order to distract Americans from the Benghazi attack, or that Hurricane Sandy was created to make sure Obama would be reelected. Not only that, some people allege that HARP created Hurricane Katrina in order to increase the cost of oil, and that they created earthquakes around the world to distract Americans from economic issues back at home. And then, of course, that leads us to the issue of climate change. Some conspiracy theorists think that HARP is creating heat waves and other natural disasters that the government is calling global warming or climate change. So instead of humans causing climate change, they believe that HARP is artificially creating this climate change or the heating of the earth. The government's alleged reason for doing this is so that they can do things like increase taxes, create fear, and launch the Green New Deal. But going back to defense theories, some people think that the U.S. is using HARP to interfere in other countries. In 2010, the former Venezuelan president Hugo Chavez said that the earthquake in Haiti was not a natural disaster, and he actually claimed that it was actually the result of a U.S. test of a weapon of earthquakes, and that it could have been a result of HARP. Some theorists have alleged that the U.S. created the Haiti earthquake so that they could occupy the country after the disaster, basically a coup by earthquake. In 1998, the European Parliament and Alaska State Legislature held hearings about HARP, and they said a growing number of EU citizens had environmental concerns about the project, which is interesting because there's other facilities around the world too, but nobody seems to care about those, just the U.S.'s facility. Not only that, but there are many more natural disasters that some people think HARP has been involved in. One of those is the 2011 M9 earthquake in Japan. And a few days before the earthquake, infrared emissions above the ionosphere increased significantly right above the epicenter, which means that the atmosphere heated up right before the quake. And just before the 2010 Haiti earthquake, there was a big increase in ultra-low frequency radio signals in the atmosphere. So what's the explanation for this? Well, some people think that HARP caused the quake by sending out radio waves over that spot in Japan, but scientists have said that the explanation is something that's not at all related to HARP. Instead, it's a case of lithosphere-atmosphere-ionosphere coupling mechanism, which, man, that's a mouthful. But basically, what that means is that before an earthquake, its fault is under a huge amount of stress, and that stress causes a bunch of radon to be released into the air. 
And since radon is naturally radioactive, it ionizes the air, which causes a lot of condensation. And the condensation process releases heat, which causes infrared emissions. And those emissions then go up into the ionosphere and affect its total electron content. So that would explain those increases, but it's definitely something weird and interesting to think about. But the other theory that we're going to look at in relation to weather, weather modification manipulation is that harp can cause skyquakes. Skyquakes are basically these strange, loud, booming noises that people have heard coming from the sky. And these skyquakes have been reported since the 1800s all over the world. And let's listen to some of these because it's, it's, it's honestly really eerie to, to hear. And can't imagine experiencing it firsthand. It's like coming from the sky. Listen. Hear that? Dude, what is that? It's loud, huh? I don't know what it is. It's like coming. I don't know where it's coming from. What is that? You hear it? You see anything in the sky? No. I've been looking. What is that? I've been looking like. I can't find nothing, dude. How long have you been hearing it for? Like two minutes. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I know. It sounds like a noise you'd hear in a horror movie. That's what I was thinking. It sounds like so ominous and so like like a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, some of the so some of these I'm I'm a little skeptical on. I mean, I know some people have faked these, but there's a ton of these clips out there. So we don't actually know what causes these skyquakes, which is honestly crazy to think about. And it seems like they just come from nowhere. They're not just random thunderclaps or anything like that. They could be caused by gas escaping from the Earth's surface, volcanic eruptions, or sonic booms. So for those that don't know, sonic booms are loud booming noises that can come naturally from the Earth, or they can be human-made. So this is uh, a plane causing a sonic boom, just so you can hear for reference. different sound though it really doesn't sound like the skyquake videos that you see on the internet but supersonic planes can cause sonic booms when they travel faster than the speed of sound and natural sonic booms can occur when meteors shoot through the earth's atmosphere there's also this phenomenon known as the coronal mass ejections or cmes and they're basically solar wind equivalent of a sonic boom and cmes happen when the sun's corona releases huge amounts of plasma into the solar wind and those cmes can create an electromagnetic storm so basically those skyquakes could be us hearing the thunder from those storms unless harp is actually the culprit here here's another uh, skyquake noise they definitely are all kind of similar does he have like stranger things or something yeah it does honestly The 
some loggers out in the middle of the forest hearing this. We're looking at the sky trying to see if there's anything causing it, but there's just nothing. It's just a blue sky. That'd be really freaky, honestly, to just be like out. And hearing something like this? Yeah. Like, what would you, you would start thinking like Something's the end of the coming. world's about to happen right now. Yeah. It's a very like apoc apocalyptic sound. So like I said, some people think that harp can trigger these booming noises. If harp has enough power to manipulate the ionosphere, then those experiments might in fact be creating these booming or mechanical sounds from the sky. When lightning strikes, it moves through the air and ionizes the air particles, and those particles crash together to create a boom. So that's where the thunder comes from. So something similar may be happening with harp. And as the theory goes, harp can manipulate pinpointed locations of the ionosphere, and those disturbances may create a sort of an artificial thunder or boom, or basically a skyquake. But keep in mind, these skyquakes have been reported since the 1800s, so obviously harp couldn't be responsible for all of those unexplained noises coming from the sky. So it's possible that they're not actually coming from the IRIs. But some people thought that the hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria were more heart projects designed to get people into FEMA camps and institute martial law. And other hurricanes across the globe are really caused by harp, just like the Haitian earthquake. But outside of weather manipulation, some conspiracy theorists think that harp is being used for different shady purposes. So this gets into the secret defense project theory. So HARP has been accused of having secret electromagnetic warfare capabilities for use against people, domestically and abroad. For example, it's been proposed that HARP can disrupt or destroy enemy radars or communication systems. Many people think that HARP's ELF and VLF radio waves are being used as mind control devices. Allegedly, these waves are used to cause things like mass depression, chronic fatigue syndrome, and hallucinations. And as the theory goes, the reason why the U.S. might be using mind control with the HARP facility is in order to usher in the New World Order, or HARP is being used to weaken the population's mind so that they're more likely just susceptible to accepting this New World Order. Believers of this theory also think that HARP might be used against certain targets of the U.S. government in order to control their minds, or it's being used on the entire population as a way to keep people in line or keep them from rising up. Like we talked about before, the U.S. has definitely had an interest in using weather manipulation. And in 1996, a team of military officers presented the Air Force with a research paper titled Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025. And this paper was about using emerging technologies to create strategies for using weather modification for military purposes. Its goal is to make a roadmap towards the use of military weather modification by 2025. The paper didn't mention HARP, but the date the paper was published raised some eyebrows since it was only a few years after they started construction on the HARP facilities. So we can only wonder whether or not HARP was one of the emerging technologies they were referring to. Then there's the theory that HARP is a method of defense against aliens or UFOs. And some people think that HARP is being used as some sort of laser beam to wipe out UFOs or mess with their technology. HARP issues flying restrictions around the facilities while they're conducting research experiments, so basically they tell airplanes not to fly over the HARP facility. They don't want their signals messing with the plane's equipment. 
This would make sense, after all, they're powerful radio transmitters. HARP has also stated that its IRI can interfere with airplane electronics, so they actually have a radar system in place that detects airplanes flying near it. And when a plane shows up on that radar, HARP's radio transmissions shut off automatically. That way they can protect the planes that accidentally fly into their airspace. Speaking of airplanes, some people believe that HARP has used its radio wave technology to cause the disappearance of Malaysian flight MH370, and they think that HARP might have been affecting the plane's radar system either intentionally or unintentionally. So the pilot got lost and went off course, and just like he couldn't see his path on the radar, people on the ground couldn't track the plane either. So that could be why MH370 was lost from the ground's radars and went missing. And some people think that HARP might have been responsible for bringing down the Space Shuttle Columbia on February 1st, 2003. The Space Shuttle Columbia disaster was when seven crew members on the shuttle lost their lives after disintegrating, re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. The official story is that a piece of foam broke off during the shuttle's launch, and that caused the shuttle to overheat, and its systems failed during the re-entry phase. But some people think that HARP is a device that could possibly destroy the electronics of an aircraft, spacecraft, or missile in the upper atmosphere. In other words, their radio waves could take down a plane or space shuttle. Which all this is really terrible to even consider, and why would the U.S. government do this? Well, according to conspiracy theorists, the U.S. used HARP to take down the space shuttle Columbia's target practice, and maybe that's why they brought down MH372. Hmm. Definitely, uh, definitely interesting to think about. But again, there's very little evidence to support this other than just speculating that this is what the device was used for and also harp officials have said that based on all of their knowledge of the facility there wouldn't be enough uh energy or even the ability to do something like this but it's something that people definitely speculate on but next we're going to get into a man by the name dr nick Begich jr and you really can't talk about the harp conspiracy theory without diving into him as he's the major proponent of this theory, I guess. So we're going to get into more on the conspiracy theory right after this last break. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and get into Dr. Nick Begich Jr. So Nick is probably one of the most well-known supporters of the heart uh, mind control theory, actually. He co-wrote the book, Angels Don't Play This Harp, Advances in Tesla Technology, which is about the alleged secret military uses of the heart facility. Ted Stevens, the senator that campaigned to have HARP approved, was convicted of corruption in 2008 and was thrown out of the public office a week later. So Ted's replacement was a Democrat named Mike Begich. And Mike's brother, Nick Begich, is actually a hardcore believer that HARP is a top-secret U.S. military weapons program. Now, Nick is actually Nick Begich Jr., and his father was a former Alaskan senator. Nick Jr.'s son, Nick Begich III, is a Republican congressional candidate. And Nick III owns a significant part of Nick Jr.'s publishing company, Earth Pulse. Nick Jr. probably got his interest in mind control conspiracies after losing his father, Nick Begich Sr., who disappeared in 1972 after boarding a small plane in Alaska. And it's presumed that he and the crew died in a plane crash, and he was declared dead later that year because they never found him. Begich's skepticism of government can be traced to his childhood. My dad was... Uh state senator and then later U.S. congressman. He was actively campaigning, and this is just before Watergate. They were flying from Anchorage to Juneau on a campaign trip, small plane, and it disappeared off the radar screen. And it was the largest search in the history of the United States up to that time, and nothing was ever officially uh, recovered. It fundamentally 
changed me in a way that probably nothing else could have. In fact, I consider it the most positive event uh, in my life. The biggest thing my dad ever did for me was, was to disappear. Was to disappear. So you think there was some sort of foul play? Absolutely was. It's really interesting. I mean, you can see where he gets his uh, conspiratorial mind from. I mean, he's definitely very suspicious of his father's death, and honestly, I would be too. They, the largest search in history up until that point, they never found anything. So Nick Begich Jr. also claims that in 1994 he got his Doctor of Medicine honoris causa. For independent work in health and political science. Honoris causa means the degree was awarded without an examination, which sometimes means it's an honorary degree. And Nick got that doctorate from the Open International University for Complementary Medicines in Colombo, Sri Lanka. It's a university that's unrecognized in Sri Lanka and literally anywhere else. In other words, pretty much a fake degree from a fake university or diploma mill. But Nick Baggage claims that when Harp's radio waves punch a hole through the ionosphere, it creates a change in jet streams that create unpredictable reactions and weather patterns on Earth. And that's how all those natural disasters are created. Annie said that Harp can control minds by changing a person's mental function. He says that he knows the government is trying to change the way people think with this technology. But then he also says that he doesn't know for sure that they've used the technology to do that yet just that they can, and given what we know about the government, they probably have. So it's up to you whether or not he's making consistent statements here. It has the capability of controlling minds. It has the ability of, of uh, affecting the frequency following response, which is where the brain locks onto an external signal, begins to mirror it, and brain chemistry changes. So even simpler than that is harp can control minds. Absolutely can control in the sense of changing um, mental function. Do we have any evidence that HARP or any other government agency is actively right now trying to change the way people think? Yes, I think we do. You think we do or you know we do? I know we do. This technology is possible with this instrument and the only question is have they done it? But you don't know that they have. No, couldn't answer that, never have. Can they? Yes. Would they? Yes. What do I know about government? Mm. I know a government, when they have the capability, they'll utilize it. And they have utilized this technology in a lot of other areas. Hmm. That was a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely makes you think. Definitely makes you think. But in 2015, Nick Baggage Jr. spoke at the Covert Harassment Conference. And the conference wanted to bring awareness to targeted individuals who are victims of thought reading and thought control technologies directed energy weapons and gang stalking, or AKA organized stalking. According to the conference, this gang stalking is carried out using electromagnetic weapons that can change human behavior, thoughts, and emotions. In other words, mind control. And these devices can apparently be used for torturing and or killing at the speed of light without leaving any evidence. Gang stalking delusions are very serious and usually symptom of psychotic delusional paranoid disorder. You don't need to have one of these disorders to have the delusion, but it is a delusion, and it has even led to some serious crimes. Gang stalking is a psychological delusion in which the sufferer believes that they are being secretly harassed by a group of stalkers employed by some agency or group that wants to harm them, usually the government. Targeted individuals or TIs often complain that they are being surveilled and mind-controlled by these gang stalkers or that their thoughts are being read or they're being sent unwanted telepathic messages. And sadly, there have been people out there who have tried to take advantage of these TIs, like this business, who at one point sold a device on Amazon called the Q-Wave Defender. 
defense for targeted individuals from psychotronic and psychic attacks. It looked like it was about $300. Um, but in the actual Amazon description, it says, protects mind and body from ELF, harp, implants, microwave, V2K, and psychic attacks. Converts electronic and psychic attacks to positive energy. Man, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice for us all to have one of those if, if they worked? So Nick Vegas Jr. is really the one who kind of leads the whole harp conspiracy. And he wrote a book or co-wrote a book on the whole topic. And in it, he claims that harp is being used by the U.S. government as a mind control and weather manipulation technology. Nick has made over a million dollars from his harp book alone. And he's written a lot of other books and he makes his living writing books about conspiracy theories and alternative medicine. And like we said before, his son is running for Congress and he actually makes tens of thousands of years from his share of the company. Yes. I've been, have you uh, been inside? I have not been in the facility, no. I've, They're I've having an open house today. Yeah, yeah, they have them every couple of years. How, co how come you didn't go? What am I going to see? See, the thing that, that's strange to me is you're not going to lose knowledge if you go into the HARP facility. You might not gain anything, but isn't it of interest? You're so damn close to it. There's nothing there that I need to see. It's in their technical specifications on what they built, and the rest is, you know, I mean, what is it? Alex Jones talks to the president. President Trump mentioned during the campaign the JFK assassination conspiracy. Are we in a moment where conspiracy theorists are being heard more than they were in the past. I would say um, contrarians are being heard more than they have ever been heard in the past, and I would not say conspiracy theorists. I would say the establishment is not being heard in the same way they were, because they own both parties. And the truth is, the American character that you and I feel we're supposed to represent is not represented in our government anymore. And that's why the Donald Trumps are rising. That's why people who don't fit the norm arising because people are sick and tired of being fed like mushrooms, something that other people call fertilizer, and we don't call that anymore. <laughs> you know, very interesting. So he he clearly doesn't like the to be called a conspiracy theorist, and um, but it's it's interesting. Contrarian is what he called himself. So hmm, he, he's a very interesting interesting fella. Honestly, um, I have a lot of thoughts about about him, but. I will uh, give some of those here at the end, but let's let's keep going here. So Harp has had some stuff to say in response to all these conspiracy theories, and here are some of the answers that they have uh, to people's lingering questions. Harp scientists have claimed that radio waves, which they use the antennas to send into the ionosphere, cannot manipulate the weather or cause weather events. Their experiments happen in the ionosphere. Solar flares and solar winds can cause powerful electromagnetic storms in the ionosphere, but those don't affect weather or Earth. So harp can't either. Think of the northern lights. It's an extremely powerful electromagnetic storm, but clearly those don't affect the weather. Plus, the radio waves harp uses do not affect the troposphere or the stratosphere, and those are the two levels of atmosphere where weather occurs. So if the waves have no effect on those levels, then there's no way they can control the weather using radio waves. The waves can't interact with clouds, so there's no way to create precipitation like in cloud seeding. One of the more bizarre rumors about harp is that it can make caribou walk backwards with its radio waves and of course they've denied that that isn't true as the rumor goes one day in the small town of glen allen alaska the caribou randomly started walking backwards one of these alleged witnesses called anchorage daily news and said it was caused by harp mind control but even nick Begich doesn't think that this is true he said that the antennas weren't firing at the time of this alleged incident. A lot of conspiracy theories, though, point to a quote from David Walker, who was a deputy assistant secretary of the Air Force for Science, Technology, and Engineering. When Harp was planning on closing in 2014, he told a Senate committee that we're moving on to other ways of managing the ionosphere. 
which the harp was really designed to do to inject energy into the ionosphere to be able to actually control it. So some people took that quote as saying as harp can control the ionosphere, but is that really what David was saying? Harp can control a very tiny part of the ionosphere for their experiments, but that doesn't mean that they can control the entire ionosphere. And of course, harp can't be used to control people's minds using ELF waves. The ELF waves generated by harp were still weak enough that submarines would need some sensitive equipment to detect them. So unless a person was actually floating around in the ionosphere at more than 62 miles high at the specific spot harp was heating, they were never in any danger. So it just puts into perspective like how small of a point uh, harp is actually affecting in the ionosphere. So circling back to the clip of the woman who worked at harp playing some of the voicemails they get from conspiracy theorists out there, obviously promoting this and actively saying that this is in fact what's happening um you know doesn't doesn't end well in many cases in fact in 2016 two men from georgia were busted in an attempt to attack harp they were arrested with air 15 military style assault rifles four glock handguns body armor a rifle more than 2,000 rounds of ammo the two men were planning on attacking the facility because they claimed harp manipulates the weather controls minds and even traps the souls of people and they were also arrested for dealing meth and marijuana so that kind of leads us to our our conclusion here of like what do we think I, I think a lot of people are are skeptical and just flat out say this one's debunked because harp has been very transparent in at least what equipment that they have there and as far as you know beyond the point that the military was using it for their experiments what they've been doing there and they've even opened up their facility to the public many times. I mean, you saw some clips from open houses that they have. So if HARP was, in fact, still doing any sort of top secret military projects or crazy experimentation on the weather or mines, you think they would still be letting people come in and visit? Mm, probably not. I mean, even since the beginning, HARP has had their address on their website with directions on how to get to the facility. They also had an entire photo galleries with pictures of this top secret antenna array in their facilities, which I mean, you could probably get a drone close enough to this facility to be able to see the whole thing. I mean, it's, you know, I, I highly doubt they have like weapons to shoot anything down over it. Um, if you were to try to fly over it and see what's going on there, it's honestly kind of crazy to me that they spent 290 million plus dollars on it. And then when they were done, you know, what the military was done doing their experiments that they just let the university take over the, the facility in 2015 i mean you would think that when the military was done with it that they would either destroy it or you know still have it under heavy guard if it was used for mind control experiments and things like that but yeah i mean it seems like i get why people think the things that they do i mean with conspiracy theories it's difficult because there are things that raise questions oftentimes you know the official narrative sometimes lays out one set of events but then the more you dig into it you start realizing that there could be holes in that story and with harp though i think it's one of those that has a pretty concrete story i mean it's from start to finish it seems to have been a very very transparent project obviously we don't know exactly what darpa was trying to do and based on other projects that darpa has been involved in and even other projects that we've talked about here on the show. I mean, talk about the Montauk project and things like that. The military has been interested in, in developing new weapons that they could use in war or to take out their enemies. 
uh, that involve uh, being able to take over people's minds or weather modification. I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense that they'd want to have uh, a leg up on the rest of the world and have a uh, a weapon that could you know, do something like that. But obviously, again, there's a treaty that a bunch of countries signed as well. But again, we don't know what Russia or China or any other countries out there, what kind of programs that they have and what types of experiments that they're doing. And and it's been shown in history over and over again that there have been, pro- I mean, MK Ultra, uh, that project, I mean, was all about mind control. So it's I don't put it past the military to have tried to experiment uh, before with these types of things. Did they do it with HARP? I don't think we'll ever know because you know none of us were a part of these projects when the, the military was running HARP. There is an episode of an old show um, that Joe Rogan did actually called Joe Rogan Questions Everything and he spends an episode kind of going over the whole HARP conspiracy. And in the episode, there's a man that he interviews that claims to be a whistleblower for um, the HARP program when it was under, you know, sort of military ownership at the time. And that individual claimed that they were doing, you know, weather modification with HARP and things like that. So it's people like that that sometimes propel the theory forward. And I think Joe Rogan did not, was not buying that at all. And honestly, I wasn't buying it either. The guy seemed like a total, um, total wacko just trying to get his five minutes of fame but it, I, you know it, i see how these theories continue to go on because because again there's we don't understand this technology for one we don't understand how this all works so to the common person it it can very easily seem like they're doing something nefarious or you know there's there's these top secret programs that are doing stuff without our knowledge and it's so easy to have this mistrust in the government these days, I guess. And it's sad that that's where it's at, but it's just kind of the reality of things. So I don't know for me, I think Nick baggage is pretty interesting. I think uh, some of his points I kind of can see where, you know, you might have a few more questions and has there been a lot of transparency in, in what the military was actually doing with harp as far as what I could find, I didn't really see anything you know, other than they're just testing the ionosphere, but what purposes were they testing the ionosphere for uh, military operations? I don't know. Or even going back to Bernard Eastland and the patents that he took out when HARP was first being built and everything, I can see that maybe at the very beginning they were trying to test out HARP and see what capabilities it had, and they eventually realized that in order to achieve the functionality that they were looking for, that they would have to make this thing a whole lot larger and they'd probably have to have these types of uh, arrays of antennas all over the place in order to be able to pinpoint all you know any place around the world or wherever they needed to use these mind control weapons or whether modifying or manipulating weapons in the future so i think they just kind of realized that this is a better testing experiment facility to do small experiments on the ionosphere and see how it reacts and again the ionosphere is very important to to earth and to communications here on earth so it, it makes sense ultimately it makes sense what they're doing and in, in my eyes but again there are some definitely some questions that are raised and i think nick's got some valid valid points but then again i think you know you can go overboard with it pretty easily so i don't know harp is a very interesting thing and if i ever get a chance to go up to alaska i'd love to at least go drive by it and check it out because it looks looks really cool to just look at um but yeah I want to know what you think about harp do you think do you believe the conspiracy theories about it or do you think it's just a uh, 
place where scientists are doing experiments in the ionosphere and little pinpoint little tiny areas <laughs> or are they using it for other purposes but yeah let us know in the comments but i'm going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode there thanks again for joining me for another episode of mile higher podcasts i hope you enjoyed this one i know it was a little probably a little different not having another voice in here so hopefully i didn't uh lull, and, lull any of you to sleep i know some of you sleep to my other podcasts well one of them is a sleep podcast i guess but Hopefully you're still awake and with me and you found this interesting and I will see you guys next time. And until then, keep taking your mind a mile higher.